And while you're taking your seat, I would encourage you to turn to the New Testament book of 1 Corinthians, Paul's first epistle to the Corinthians, chapter 10, and in a moment I'll be reading verse 13, which is the focus of our attention uh, in our study of God's Word this morning. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13. Without a doubt, it's happened to every one of us in this room. At one point or another, somebody probably when you were a child, laid out a plate of cookies and said, don't you dare touch them. Somehow they could see it in your eyes. You're looking at the tempting plate of cookies. You're ready to reach out and grab one. And then your hand is slapped and you are told, those are for dessert. Get your grubby mitts off of them. Inevitably, when my mother said, don't touch it, I tried to figure out a way that I could get around her, her law and touch it without her knowing. If she said, don't get a cookie, I tried to figure out which cookie I could take and then rearrange them so she couldn't tell which one was missing. When somebody tells you not to do something, Is that not the time in which you are most tempted to do it? Have you ever noticed the unusual draw of a park bench that has a wet paint sign on it? Isn't there something within you that wants to reach out and touch it and just see if indeed it really is wet paint? And even though we've gotten older and the scenarios in our adult lives have changed, I think there are some of us who still act that way with God. God says to us in His Word or the prompting of His Spirit, God says to us, don't touch it, don't bother it, don't get involved with it. Yet still in our frailty and our weak flesh, we try to find a way to do it without suffering the consequences. Today, I want to talk to you briefly about what to do when you're tempted. How we can triumph over our temptations. Because the truth is that every one of us will face at one point or another temptations. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter whether your temptation is a piece of candy that you shouldn't have or a person that you shouldn't be with or anywhere in between. Every one of us battles with temptation. I saw a bumper sticker recently Uh, which summed it up this way. Opportunity only knocks once, but temptation leans on the doorbell. And whoever came up with that saying certainly understands the anatomy of temptation and sees the bigger picture. In this life, you and I are always going to be in arm's reach of temptation. And since temptations are common to us all, I think it's important that we understand God's strategy for being victorious and more than a conqueror in this life where we will face many temptations. So look at your Bibles at 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13, where we read the apostles encouragement. Paul says, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. 
Now, I don't know about you, but that verse comes to me as a very encouraging and reassuring promise. The promise of that verse of 1 Corinthians 10 and 13 is thrilling to me to know that there is no temptation that is necessarily overpowering, that Satan is not so powerful, that demons are not so effective, that satanic operations are not so subtle, that my flesh is not so weak, that the human heart is not so deceived, that there are necessarily, that it's necessary that we become victims of temptation. In 1 Corinthians 10 and 13, there are some principles, I think, that help, us, that help us to understand how we can walk in this Christian life and be more than conquerors when it comes to temptation. The first thing I want you to understand this morning is this, that temptation is common to us all. That's what Paul is saying, that no temptation has seized you except what is common. Paul reminds us that it's human to be tempted. Temptation is not a sin. It's what we do with the temptation that either makes it sin or provides for our victory. But all of us will be tempted. It's the same for all of us. There will be temptations that come to me. There will be temptations that come to you. My temptations won't be like your temptations. We're all the same, though. It's the same for all of us. We will all be tempted. We may have our particular besetting sin, We may have our own certain vulnerabilities to certain temptations, but what is true is that all of us, what is common to all of us, is that we will all be tempted. It's just normal for our human fallenness to have to deal with the problem of temptation. I think you see this in the lives of the great men and women of the Bible. Think of the Bible stories and the people who were tempted. Eve, when she was tempted by the serpent and yielded and led her husband into sin, The seduced became a seducer. Or remember Noah when he was tempted to drink too much wine and he yielded and became drunk. Or Abraham who was tempted to lie about his wife and he yielded to the temptation and told a half lie and the problem that that half lie created in him and his descendants. Or Joseph who was tempted to fornication and did not yield to that temptation and was able to be used of God in a great and powerful way in the history of his nation. Or Moses who was tempted to take things into his own hand and he yielded to that temptation and committed murder and therefore was set on the shelf for 40 years in order to get back on track with God. Or David, who was tempted to lust and committed adultery and yielded to that temptation and brought great sin and shame to his kingdom, to his family, and to his good name. Or the three Hebrew boys who were tempted to worship, to bow down and worship a false god, yet they did not yield and they were thrown into a blast furnace. Or Daniel, who was tempted to give up his prayer life, but did not yield and was placed in a den of lions and lived to tell about it. Or Peter, who who was tempted to deny his Lord and and yielded to that temptation, but later repented of his, his decision and made a clear confession of faith in Christ's resurrection and became one of the greatest preachers in the church at Jerusalem. The point I'm I'm making in raising up all of these biblical examples is that temptation is common to us all. There's never a time when we are immune from temptation. It's not something that we outgrow. It is common and we will all face it and many of us will face it 
frequently. Even Jesus experienced temptation. Do you remember what, what's written in the book of Hebrews? It tells us that Jesus was in all points tempted like we are. Jesus, in not yielding to that temptation, in enduring temptation, in suffering the temptations that are common to man, has shown us there, there is a path to triumph and victory. And He even intercedes for us in the midst of our temptations as our great and high priest to whom we can go and know that our great high priest understands what it's like to be tempted. So the first point I make is that temptation is common to us all. So don't say it can't happen to you, because it will. It happened to the strongest man in the Bible, Samson. It happened to the wisest man in the Bible, Solomon. It happened to the most spiritual man in the Bible, David. And if it can happen to them, it can happen to you, and it can happen to me. So be prepared. Don't be caught off guard when temptations come, because they will. But in the midst of those temptations, hold on to the precious promise of God which Paul reminds us here in verse 13. He says, No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. Here's the promise. But God is faithful. He will not let you be... What a wonderful, assuring promise. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you might be able to stand up under the temptation. I think every one of us as followers of Christ should commit that verse to memory. Because we, we will experience temptation. And, and here's a wonderful promise of God, saturated with assurance, as a, a known confidence builder, that when we are in the moment of temptation, that because we serve a faithful God, He will not allow us to, to have to bear more than we are able. And when we are tempted, He will provide a way of escape. Now, notice what the verse does not promise. It does not promise that you will not be tempted. It does not promise that as a Christian, that God's going to remove all temptation from your life. We know uh, because of Job's experience in the Old Testament, a very righteous man, that God allowed Satan to test and to tempt Job. So this promise here in verse 13 is not one that God will remove all temptation from us. But what is promised here is this, that one of two things will happen. He will either give you strength to conquer and be victorious over the temptation, or he will provide a way of escape so that you may, uh, he'll provide a way out so that you might find a way out of that temptation. And so as we seek to walk in victory and be more than conquerors in the moment of temptation, there are some important things that we must remember and we must employ if we are to be triumphant in these situations. What should we remember? Several things. One, we must remember to always renew our minds through prayer. Friends, I want to say it to you. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Prayer isn't part of the battle. Prayer is the battle. Remember what uh, is said to us in Matthew 26 and verse 41? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. What's the means by which we are able to stand in the moment of temptation? By watching and praying. 
when the flesh is weak, your spirit might know what you need to do, but your flesh is weak. You need to watch and pray. When I reflect on the times when I've been more vulnerable to temptations, when I've been more prone to give in to temptation, it seems to me that it was always a stretch where my prayer life and my Bible reading had been put on the back burner. And I became susceptible to the tempter's power. No wonder the Bible exhorts us to pray without ceasing. Because prayer is one of the main tools that we can employ to be victorious in the time of temptation. Renew your mind through prayer. Secondly, if you want to be a a victor in this, you need to recruit someone to hold you accountable. You need someone to hold your feet to the fire. 1 Corinthians 15 says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. I have a, a saying that goes like this. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. I believe that who we choose as our friends will affect our own spiritual condition. In relationship to the people that you spend time with, may I ask, are you bringing them up or are they bringing you down? Which is it? You need to have somebody who who you give permission to to ask the tough questions, and to whom you promise that you will give an honest answer. When they ask, how is it with you? How is it with your soul? How is it in in your walk with God? How is it in your, your witnessing life? How is it in your thought life? How is it in the condition of your heart? You need to recruit someone to hold you accountable. Thirdly, you need to remember the consequences of sin. We must never forget that sin separates us from God. Paul makes this abundantly clear in Romans 6 and 23 where he says, you say it with me, the wages of sin is what? Death. But the gift of God is eternal life. What you need to do every time you're faced with a tempting situation, you need to stop, you need to pause, you need to ask yourself a question. If I go this way, what will be the consequences of my going in this direction? I think that some of us just get so caught up that we don't take time to think about what the consequences uh, are of the decisions we make. Every decision you make has a set of attending consequences. If you choose this path, it's going to lead to this set of consequences. If you choose this path, it will most likely lead to that set of consequences. And before you, when you're in that moment of temptation, you need to ask yourself the question, okay, what are the consequences here? If I continue in this behavior, what could I lose? I think about some dear friends of mine who, who have served in Christian ministry, who have lost their opportunity to serve the Lord in Christian ministry, who've lost their, their spouses, their family, their reputation. If they would have just paused and said, what's going to happen if I, if I follow through on this? Well, some of you might be saying, well, Rick, it sounds like you're expecting us to be perfect. No, I'm not. I know that God will forgive when we fall and we falter. But friends, I want to remind you that that this is serious business and we are in a battle. And, and the enemy is seeking his dead level best to get at your vulnerable areas in your life. And you know what they are. You remember the consequences of sin. 
Fourthly, in order to be victorious in the midst of temptation, you need to run from enticing temptations. First John 2 says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does, comes not from the Father, but comes from the world. Listen, when you are confronted by temptation, you need to run. Don't just walk. You need to run from that situation. You know the situations in which you are most vulnerable. And somehow we try to fool ourselves into believing that we're strong enough, and so we can go there, that we can, we can be able to stand in that situation. Several years ago, a man came to, to me and told me that he wanted to quit drinking, that he, was, uh, he had an addiction to alcohol. And I asked him if he had removed all the alcohol from his home. He said, no, but I believe, Rick, that I'll be okay. He said, I think I have victory over that. I said to him, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that you're strong enough. And he said, no, I'm going to leave the alcohol there because this way I can prove that I've conquered this addiction because even though it's still accessible, I'm making a choice not to drink it. Right then, in that very moment, it became obvious to me that the man was not as serious about quitting his addiction to alcohol as he thought he was. And within a matter of weeks, my suspicions were confirmed. In times of relapse, we are, are prone to compromise. We'll think that we have the strength to be able to overcome, but I want to remind you that Satan is shrewd. He knows exactly where your vulnerabilities are. He's not going to attack you in something that you already feel strong and victorious over. He's going to attack you in your weakest spot. He wants to take you from saying no to the point that one day you may say maybe, and then one day you'll say, well, I'll try it once, and then soon it's that downward spiral. I've seen it happen over and over again. Sow a thought, reap a deed, sow a deed, reap a habit, sow a habit, reap a character, sow a character, and reap a destiny. We are to flee from evil. Not just evil, but the Scriptures enjoin us to, to avoid even the appearance of evil. Fifth, refuse to give in. You need to make a conscious choice before you get into the moment of temptation. You need to make a decision that I'm not going to give in to this. I'm not going to say yes to that. Dear friends, listen to me. You need to make a decision here and now that with the help of the Holy Spirit, and we'll talk about the Holy Spirit in a moment, but with the help of the Holy Spirit, that when temptation comes, you have your answer prepared. What is your answer when temptation comes? No. Just say no. So when you are tempted this week to do wrong, what should we say? Make the decision now. Just say no. When someone uh, says to you, hey, come sleep with me, take a deep breath and leave your coat behind and run the other way and just say no. When Satan whispers in your ear and says, go on, everybody else is doing it. Remember, everybody else isn't doing it and just say no. 
When you feel like giving a piece of your mind to someone and putting them in their place, remember that you can't spare a piece of your mind. So grin and bear it and just say no. When a friend says to you, do you want to hear a good joke? And because you know the nature of that friend, you know the kind of jokes she or he tells, and you know the joke is no good, you look him or her straight in the eye, and you make a decision right now to just say no. When the boss asks you to sign a report, and you know the numbers on the report are incorrect and not right and not of integrity, you remember who you are, you smile at your boss, and you just Say no. When your mind begins to play tricks on you and your mind begins to coach you and say, go ahead, no one will see you, you remember that God sees you and you just say no. When it's 5.30 and the kids are cranky and your husband isn't home yet and dinner isn't ready and the house is filled with dirty socks and dirty diapers before you reach for the nearest sharp instrument... Take a deep breath, look to heaven, count your blessings instead of your problems, and just say no. When you go to your 20th high school reunion and you are tempted to keep quiet about your commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ, when you run into some of your old high school friends, just say no to your fears and say yes to the Lord Jesus. When you find yourself down and out, up against, the wild, uh, up against the wall, under the pile, when nothing's going right and you're hopelessly entangled and you see no way out of the mess you're in, before you say something you shouldn't say or do something you shouldn't do, before you blow your top or give up the ghost, remember that God still loves you and refuse to give in and just say no. You need to make that decision today. Because this week you're going to be faced with tempting situations. And you already have your answer in hand. I'm going to say no. Finally, rely on the Holy Spirit. Jesus promised that He would send us a Holy Comforter. John 14, 16 and 17 And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept Him because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know Him, for He lives with you and He will be in you. Christian, I want you to remember that when you face the hour of temptation, you are not alone. Paul says that. No temptation has seized you except that which is common to man. But God is faithful. Aren't you glad we serve a faithful God? And He's given you power to to be more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. He's given you power to get up and over that hour of temptation. He's given you the Holy Spirit. The blessed Holy Spirit lives within you. Listen, you can take notes from this sermon and they may prove helpful. But it comes back to your desire to choose, to change, to decide, to resist through the power of the Holy Spirit, to look temptation in the eyes and just say, no thanks. And you have the Holy Spirit within you, enabling you to do that. So that if we're going to be victorious in the moment of temptation, we must do what Joseph in the Old Testament did when Potiphar's wife attempted to seduce him. We need to just say no. So, my dear friends, in the end, here's the truth. 
Temptation is common to us all. Every one of us will face it. You will never be immune from it. But the precious promise of our sovereign God is that when temptation comes, that because He is faithful, He, he knows your load limit. He knows how much you can bear. And He's not going to give you more than you can bear. And He will either give you, by the power of His Holy Spirit, He will either give you the power to overcome it, to be victorious over it, or He will provide a way of escape. And if He provides a way of escape, there's one clear thing you need to do. You need to take it. Take the way of escape. Don't try to invent your own remedy. Take the way of escape that God provides. In the end, I believe that the key to resisting temptation lies in remembering who we are in Christ. You belong to God. The Lord's name has been tattooed onto your soul and written on your heart. You belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. And if that matters to you at all, which it should, it ought to make a difference when you hear the seductive voice of the tempter. Romans 12.1 tells us that we are to present our bodies to God as living sacrifices. Why does Paul encourage us to present our bodies? Why doesn't it say to present our souls, our spirits? The answer, I think, is simple. If God has your body, he's got you. If you ever decide that your body belongs to God, you'll find it much easier to say no when the devil comes knocking at your door and ringing your doorbell. So, may I ask you, have you ever presented the parts of your body to God? Have you ever said, God, here are my hands. Lord, here are my lips. Here are my eyes, my ears, my feet, my heart, my mind. Dear friends, I think if you ever decide to get that specific with God, you'll find a level of joy and freedom in Christ that you never knew before. Temptation is the common experience of the people of God. We will never escape it as long as we live in this fallen world. But praise be to our faithful God. He has given us everything that we need when we're in the time of temptation. He will either give you the power to conquer it, or he'll provide you with the way of escape. Because he too was tempted and knows what it's like. No temptation has seized you except that which is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Praise be to God who gives us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's stand together and pray. We thank you, Lord, for this reassuring truth from your word today. A reminder to us that in the thick of the battle, when we are surrounded, Lord, by a world that seeks to draw us in, that allure us, 
and cause us to fall prey to temptation by yielding to that temptation and saying yes when we know in our hearts we ought to say no. It's helpful, Lord, to know that it's common to all of us, that it's not just me, but others face this too. And that we'll never be able to escape the temptations as long as we live in this fallen world. But we praise you today, Lord, for the spiritual resources that you have provided that allow us to win the battle every time. Thank you for your Holy Spirit who lives within. Thank you for your word which renews us and refreshes us and keeps us on that straight and narrow path. Thank you, Lord, for the armor of God that helps us when we are in the thick of the battle to stand and fight, remembering that the battle does not belong to us, but the battle belongs to the Lord. So, Build within us, Lord. Build within me and all of us a fiber. Help us to make a decision here and now to say no, that when temptations come, which they will, that we will be prepared with our answer, and our answer will be no to them and yes to God. Even now, Lord, we would present to you the parts of our body, our hands, our lips, our eyes, our ears, our feet, our hearts, our minds. And that you would help us this week to walk in victory.